I'm up at 3 a.m., grinding harder than everybody else, drinking my coffees to tell you about the Miami Heat and their upcoming season. Sleepers, busts, it's all here. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at basketballmonster.com. And you can find me on Twitter as always at redrock underscore b-ball, on TikTok at redrock underscore b-ball, and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free, and we are available on all platforms. It's three teams to go, the three that I was hoping we'd get more resolution on. Maybe we've got resolution here on the Miami Heat, but I'm not 100% sure. But that's what we're going to talk about. The Heat's roster as it currently stands, and the values and sleepers and busts will put Tyler Hero under the lens as well. So we'll get into that, but before I do that, just a quick update on the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Bowl. We should have all invites out today, I think, but you can still enter. There is a entry form down below in the notes uh, on the description here on the YouTube video as well, because there are going to be people that A, don't sign up in time or B, pull out, and I will be getting you last minute invites. So put your name down. If you haven't got an invite yet, stick it in here. Categories, points, whatever it is. We're drafting starting next week. Draft order emails will come out uh, coming up in that week as well. Or coming up before that, obviously. And then, uh, yeah, if you want to get in, get in. Because we are filling out those last spots in the next day or two. So that's where we're at with the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Ball. I don't know why I screamed that so loud. All right, we are talking about the Miami Heat. It is tough, again, because the roster just feels empty. But the same thing happened last offseason as well. Is that they were waiting and waiting. And were they going to do something with Bradley Beal and sign and trades? Or were they going to trade for Kevin Durant, or were they What were they going to do? Nothing, as usual. They didn't do anything, and they barely made the playoffs and then somehow made it to the NBA Finals. So it's always hard to talk about this team because they have these off-seasons that look trash, and then they have regular, a regular season, which was bad, and then they have an unbelievable playoff run, which is awesome, and then you look at their roster again and go, are they bad again? Are they worse? Are they worse from... You know, not maybe not making the playoffs, or are they worse from making the final? I don't know. I don't know how to judge this team at all. Let's just have a look at what we sort of know now. I think it's hard to argue that they're better than last season. I don't know how you could argue that, but is that a drop from finals runner-up or a drop from we almost lost in the play-in? I, I, I don't know. They have 45 quality games. That's a low number for a team that did make the finals. They have uh, 13 back-to-backs, which is good. On that low side, someone like Jimmy Butler was actually pretty healthy last season. It's, I guess, helpful for someone like a Kyle Lowry, who amazingly they're going to have to actually rely upon for some minutes this season, the way things currently stand. I don't know what's going to happen with Drew Holiday, by the way. Um, I doubt that he goes to Miami, but I guess it's possible. That's why I'm holding off on doing Portland, just to hope we can get some resolution on that. Um, they have 13 maximum game weeks, which is on the low end, and their playoff schedule, it's just, like it's all right, like it's fine. 4-3-4 for 24th of March, 3-4-3 for 31st of March, 4-3-4 for 7th of April, and 3-4-4 for 14th of April. So basically, every one of those playoff schedules there is one game below what the maximum will be. So it's yeah, 11, 10, 11, 11. Not bad. Not bad. Yeah, it's not perfect. It's not the most, 
but it's just one off being uh, being the most. Cool. So about some uh, pressure points on this team. It is still trades because the roster's okay, it's so empty. It's there's just so many gaps in it. Well, they obviously don't have huge amounts of assets to make big trades, but can they get anybody in? That can change a lot of stuff with how we view things. The point guard and power forward situation still remains a mess. Like their power forward depth is Caleb Martin, Kevin Love, Haywood Highsmith. Maybe you want to look at Nikola Jovic there. I'm, I'm not really sure he's ready, but I don't know. And at point guard, it's probably going to have to be Tyler Hero. I don't think they're going back to the well with Kyle Lowry, but there's no other point guard on this team because Gabe Vincent's gone. Max Struess is not a point guard, but he's gone as well. They lost these guys. They brought in Josh Richardson. He's not really a point guard. There's just nothing there. And the other thing is to watch, I think, is Bam's role. Because Bam was rolling as this big, that was an unintended pun, as a big man who was getting a lot of assists. Kyle Lowry came across and they took the ball out of his hands. Okay? Dropped his assist down a lot. Lowry's not going to be starting, I would guess, this season, and he's going to play a smaller role. But where does Bam fit in? Do they bump his assists back up? Or does Tyler Hero just take on more of that creation role? I tend to think that Bam's role, especially playmaking, might actually bump back up. Not quite to where it was two, three years ago, but better than it was because it dropped way down last season. I think there is a chance that it bumps back up, but that's a pressure point on the projections. That If it doesn't bump back up, somebody else is going to have to be see big rises like Hero and Butler in particular, or even Josh Richardson, who becomes more of a de facto point guard in that scenario. I doubt that's what happens, but maybe it has to. Maybe it has to. Today's episode is brought to you by DoorDash. You've heard of DoorDash, yeah? Sure. You get your food delivered from a restaurant, you love it, it comes to your house, all good. But maybe you think, I don't, I don't want to spend money on that, I like cooking at home. Well, DoorDash does something to help you now too. It's DoorDash grocery delivery. Because you're out there, you're cooking something. What are, what are we making today in our hypothetical DoorDash kitchen? Um, let's say we're making a nice squid ink pasta, because that's something I made this week. And I'm out there cooking and I realize, I don't have enough shallots. So... I can get straight onto my phone, open my DoorDash app, and tell this bloke to go to one of the many, many local grocery stores to go pick me some shallots. I can make the, get the big juicy ones. I want two of them. And get me, get me some sour cream while you're there as well. Need some of that to put on the side for it doesn't go with the pasta, but you know, just put it in there. All your grocery stuff, he goes there, picks it out exactly like if you were there picking it out yourself. Get 50% off your first DoorDash order, up to a $20 value. When you use that code LOCKEDONNBA at checkout, it's a limited time offer, terms apply. That's 50% off, up to $20, no minimum subtotal, and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter the code LOCKEDONNBA. Don't forget the code is LOCKEDONNBA for 50% off your first order with DoorDash. So let's talk about um, breakout candidates. Sort of breakout candidates because you know what I mean by now. I'm 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 definitely not going to explain it this time. Um, I think we've got Tyler Hero, I've got Caleb Martin, and I've got Nikola Jovic, uh, little Chungus. Hero, we know Damian Little didn't get traded here. Hero is still on this team, and I think he's going to have to do more from a ball handling perspective. Hard to see. He's going to go under the lens. So we'll talk more about him in a second. Hard to see huge amounts of scoring bumps, but I think the playmaking might jump up. But maybe he does take everything else to a new level. I think it's unlikely, but it's possible. I obviously think it's unlikely because I haven't projected big bumps, but it is possible. Caleb Martin's the other one. He obviously had an unbelievable Eastern Conference Finals, but so did everybody. 
He was obviously at the top end of things. We saw it fall off. But don't also look at this and go, well, Caleb Martin, huge chance to break out this season. He is a chance. I'm thinking there is a small chance. But also, he started all of last season. And he was an absolute nothing in terms of fantasy most of the year. He was just a back-end player. Maybe something carries over. I wouldn't, you know, we talked about the lack of depth at Powerford. I wouldn't put it past him, something clicking. I still think it's highly, highly unlikely. But at least there's a chance. And the same with Jovic, because there is such a mess at Powerford. Maybe bulked up uh, Jovic, who's not Little Chungus anymore, comes in, dominates camp, seizes that starting role, and plays 27 minutes a night. Again, that seems highly, highly unlikely, but he's got the size, and Caleb Martin doesn't. And the other option there is Kevin Love or Hayward Highsmith. So the competition is not particularly strong for him to get that role. And if he does find himself in it, well, there is value there. I, I don't really see it with Jovic. I don't think he's a reliable shooter. I don't think he's a good defender at all. Uh, I think he's a little bit overrated as a player, to be honest. But I'm not precluding him finding himself in a larger role and putting up better numbers. So let's let's do it. Let's put Tyler Hero under the lens. Last season for Hero, he was 65th in Yahoo Points League, 66th in ESPN. And for head-to-head leagues, a minus one of 59. Pretty good numbers overall for Hero, yeah? He played 35 minutes a night. He scored 20 points. He That's actually the third leading scorer on this team behind Bam and Jimmy. Three threes, five and a half boards, four assists, 0.8 steals, 44 and 93. Well, one thing I know about him is he's an unbelievable free throw shooter. So 93, while it's high, he could he could do it again. He had an unbelievable start to the season. We'll show this in a sec. Well, actually, is it up on the screen now? Yeah, his rebounds. Look how big the rebound numbers were. They were huge. And then... I was like, why is he getting these unbelievable rebound numbers? And then they fell off as the season went on, which made more sense considering the sort of player he is. And he's never going to be a steals and blocks player. But we look at what he did, the 20 points, 35 minutes, the usage. I think he led the team in usage year, 25.6, same as Jimmy Butler. But can he jump an extra point or two in scoring? Possible. I think the big role there is the assist. Lowry averaged 5.1 assists and played 31 minutes a night. Pretty pretty unlikely he does that again. So I would say that Hero has six assist upside here to be able to give us a little bit more value. In terms of where he's currently positioned in terms of drafting, he sits at an ADP of 87 on ESPN, which is unbelievable. I love that. He's ranked, though, is 61. Yahoo is at 70, ADP 76. I, I think there might be a smidge of value in that, nearly at all of those spots. I think that maybe he was ranked down there because people were thinking that Lillard was going to come in and then he'd go to another team. But I would say that the Lillard trade happening probably does help Hero at this stage because he is going to have to be the point guard on this team. He is going to have to do a lot more, I would think, than even what he did last season. And this team is remarkably thin. So I, I do like some of those draft spots, especially that ESPN ranking where it's well, well down the board. Um, His field goal percentage is something that is a little troubling. It's a relatively straight trend line, which is good, but the the numbers aren't high. There are a few solid weeks and a few stinking weeks, but overall, I think we look at him as a mid-40s shooter. If you get anything more from that, it's irresponsible to project it, but it's just a bonus. So we look at him as like a 44% guy on decent volume, which we know is going to have some issues, but Again, part of these graphs is to highlight just how wild stuff can be or how inconsistent some of these categories can be on a week-to-week basis. His usage was pretty strong most of the season. It did drop as the season went on as we got a little bit more Kevin Love into the mix. I was a little bit curious to see some of those lower usage weeks from Hero. Um, started out really high and, and really, really strong for fantasy. And it did drop off as the season went on. And you'll see on this graph, like he had some unbelievable weeks. Look at that, two top five weeks in a row. 
for Hero for minus one rankings. Like just huge value early on. And then things did start to fade away at the end of the season. That's when his rebound rate, rate dropped. That's when we saw um, his usage start to fall away as well. I don't think we're going to have too much of a risk of his usage this season. I think there's a chance that his assists actually go up. But it is interesting that he started out absolutely red hot rebounds up, everything up, and everything tailed off as the season went on. And it is something to pay attention to about how they use him. But again, this team is a little bit different with no Vincent, no Struess, just being replaced by Richardson and Kyle Lowry being further, one further foot into the washed-up grave of where he currently is. His Darko DPM graph is really interesting. He's never had a period in his career where he's been a declining player. His rate of growth has changed. It was really high early on and it slowed down almost to a plateau period at the start of his year two. And then some really strong improvement, a little bit of a dip, but still really strong improvement. This does not mean that he's graded as a positive player by Darko. I think he might have just gotten there at the end of last season, but it's been a consistent improvement so far through his first four seasons in the NBA. So that is obviously an encouraging sign, just continually getting better, continually getting better at the rebounds last season. Uh, got that great free throw number. Um, maybe we see a little bit of an extra step this season with a little bit more usage or assists. So it all is all trending positively in that direction. If you look at the basketball index headshot plot, I wanted to look at a couple of things. Again, he's always compared to Tyrese Maxey and Jordan Poole. So I chucked them on here as well. I also put Anthony Simons on this list. They're sort of these shooting guard, point guard combos. And then his teammate, uh, Jim Butler, is on there as well. The Y-axis is defensive rebounding talent, because we saw what he did last season, and on-ball percentage. So out of all of those guys, Butler, Maxi, Poole, and Simons, he was on-ball the least. He was in the 78th percentile. Butler, 82, or 81, sorry. Maxi, 83. Simons, 84. Poole, 85. Sort of big difference, but he didn't play on ball as much. And his teammate was on ball a lot more in Jimmy Butler. I expect that number from Hero, or that ranking for him in terms of percentage on ball, to increase this season. And then he was really, really strong as a, as a rebounder, better than Butler and better than all of those other guards. So if we think that he pushes his on ball percentage up to a level that's closer to Maxi, closer to Poole, and it shouldn't be hard. Maxi shared the court with Harden nearly all season. Uh, Poole played with Steph and Simons play with Lillard. Right, Hero should be able to get on ball way more, but last season he was playing next to Lowry and Butler in the starting lineup. So he should be able to jump that way up, equivalent with those other combo guards, which again, should help usage, should help maybe free throw attempts, and should help his assist numbers. So this is where I have a level of confidence in him because he was able to be pretty strong, but just didn't have the ball much, and I expect that to jump to the level of those guys, and he's got that significant advantage over them in terms of that ability to rebound, which he started to show last season. Whether that sticks or whether it's real or not, I'm not 100% certain, but it does give us uh, something to take a look at there. Let's look at some sleepers. Hero's sort of a sleeper, but the one I really want to focus on here is Joshy Richardson, who's just ranked really, really low. He's at 150 on Yahoo. He's got an ADP of 145. It's 164 on Fantrax. It's uh, 140 on ESPN. He's ranked outside the top 170 for their points leagues. He's going to start. I don't really think there's any debate about that. Is he going to be awesome, awesome? I don't think so. But as soon as we hit round 11, pick 120, I'll grab him. He might get 1.5 steals. He might get four assists. He might get 15 points. He might hit two threes. He might play 31 minutes. Remember, Struess, Vincent are gone. Lowry's probably playing less. There's no there's no guards on this team. Unless you think Duncan Robinson's going to start. And he's not really a guard. Do you think Jaime Huckers is going to start? 
do you actually, there was someone who argued with me yesterday, which made me laugh. Heat fans love their development. They go, that's fine, man. We lost Vincent. We'll just replace him with RJ Hampton. Okay, cool. They actually signed RJ Hampton yesterday on, to a two-way deal. Um, maybe RJ Hampton gets minutes. I don't know. I'm pretty confident that Richardson's going to have a solid role, have a safe-ish floor, and you can get him really, really late, which is always something that is pretty interesting when we're talking about guys as sleepers because he might, he's not a high upside player. But if he's at 150, he might just snag 50 spots of value just from that without even having high upside, and that makes him an upside player. So that's why we like getting him late. Even if you get him at 125, there might be 20 spots of value in that, if not more, because of the way the backcourt shapes. And this could all just go to shit if somebody else gets traded there. But the way things shake out at the moment, it's pretty interesting. And that brings us to talking about the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Bowl. Josh Richardson. Should we do it about him? Yeah, let's do it about him. Josh Richardson is how old is the question? And the answer is 30. So just write 30 as the question on the entry form to get yourself on the list to get in and get a spot on in the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Bowl. I'm not really sure there is a fantasy bust on this team. No one really stands out. Like Jim Butler is an ADP of 29, 30 on fan tracks, 27 on Yahoo. I think he's a solid enough second rounder. I'm always going to be worried about his injuries. But again, the Lillard trade helps. More assists, more usage. That's fine. I don't want to rely upon super high steals all the time, which is part of the reason why sometimes he gets pushed higher in rankings. But as a second round guy, totally in on it. Bam Adebayo, ADP 29 ESPN, 33 Yahoo. Totally reasonable. In fact, you might even say that there's a little bit of sleeper value in him if he does get some of those assists back and push him back to the end of the second round. And given the end of the second round is such an iffy, wishy-washy sort of area, I think it's possible that Bam goes at 25 or 26 and he's okay there. And I would have hated that if Lillard had have arrived, but he didn't. So I think he's okay to go there. And really, there's only Hero, Butler, and um, who's, oh, Adebayo as the guys who were considered massive must-draft top 100 guys. Richardson's the other guy who's a later-round player, and then it's like, hey, take a flyer on a Jovic or a Martin or a Highsmith if that's the way you want to go, and we'll talk more about some other guys later. In terms of injuries heading into the season, yeah, Yo, uh, Jaime Jaquez did have a shoulder issue in um, uh, Summer League, but that's no problem. Everyone is healthy, everyone's fit, everyone's ready to go, which is always great news. What is a trade option on this team? I do think that Kyle Lowry is a pretty big risk of getting dealt because they need to upgrade that point guard position, which could be an issue with Hero, by the way. Um, he's on an expiring deal. Who takes him on? It won't be because they want to use him. It'll be because you know, there's salary matching and asset dumping and that sort of stuff. But they would need to get a point guard back. And unless they really do believe in Jovic, which I don't, but unless they do, they don't. their power forward spot is pretty iffy as well with Kevin Love and Caleb Martin and Haywood Highsmith holding it down. They're not the guys that you necessarily want to do that. So I do think that Lowry is a pretty sizable risk to get moved on from uh, on this team. And he is definitely not a 12-team league guy at this stage. He could be streamable for sure. If they start giving him more minutes and he's dropping five, six assists in a 27-minute role, that's fine. Because there it is. We might say Lowry's washed. He can't play. There's no one else to play point guard. Again, I don't want to rely upon RJ Hampton or Drew Smith or Jamal Kane to get minutes. Not really a point guard, but I don't want those guys to get minutes. It has to sort of be Lowry. And then if Hero gets hurt at all, well, Lowry's going to have to start. And that's where we run into problems with how this rotation is or how the roster is constructed. 
In terms of guys that are coming out of contract, Lowry is unrestricted, as I said. And then there's three restricted guys, Highsmith, Justin Champagne, and Jamal Kane. Kane's on a two-way. Champagne is a, a camp invite. I think he'll make the roster. He's not quite as good as Julian, but he's in, he's interesting enough. Uh, but then they're not going to do anything. Highsmith would be the guy to watch if somehow he beats out Caleb Martin. I don't think he will, though. So what are the risks in the rotation? What if it's one of these random undrafted blokes who step up? Because there are a few of them, and one of them I've got listed there in Orlando Robinson, who I think will be the backup center at some point early this season. At the moment, it is Thomas Bryant, and no, we don't draft Thomas Bryant. Um, he's just so bad of a defender and struggles with a lot of movement stuff that he just it's so hard to use him. Robinson has real... I think Charles Bassey. If you remember Goldfinger from last season, a guy that puts up unbelievable canning stats. Big points and rebounds guy, good efficiency guy, blocks some shots. So he had a really good summer league. So he was really good in the G League. And I think he can... I know he's a um, a second-year guy, but he's not on a two-way anymore. They signed him to a full contract. I think Orlando Robinson's going to get that job. And that's something to watch for deeper leagues. And then what about uh, Jovic and what about Huckers? Two blokes with the soft Js. Where do they fit in? Now, I've seen a lot of people think that Huckers is more of a powerful. I don't really think that he is. I think he's a... He might be because he can't shoot. He's more of a three to me. He played a lot of two at UCLA. He's also a guy that's like 22. He played four years in college and couldn't shoot at all. Like He's like a 31, 32% three-point shooter. I know he had a couple of good moments in some league, but also remember, he played that first game, went crazy. The second game, he struggled, and then he got hurt. And that's all we saw. Highlight real bias. He's a, I thought it was way too high to pick him at 18. Yeah, he's a good hustle sort of player, really good teammate. But overall, his stats are very underwhelming at UCLA. The shooting numbers are very underwhelming. And while he might actually play minutes on this team, because he might have to, you know, look at like the underwhelming return you get from a starter like a Caleb Martin in terms of minutes. Like Huckers, he's a rookie, so he's probably not going to do that. I don't see him as this high upside type prospect, this fantasy beast in the making or anything like that. Jovic probably has a little bit more upside in that regard in terms of playing a position where it's a bit easier to get rebounds and blocks. And if you add threes and passing from that position, which he can do, that helps, but do they both get into the rotation? Who misses out? Is it Love? If if Jovic is playing, if Jovic is playing center, does that mean Bryant and Robinson are out? Or what do they do with these undrafted blokes? Like they've got Henry Drell on this roster. They unfortunately cut the helmet, Caleb Daniels. Um, Drew Peterson is still there. He's an interesting guy from USC. They've got Drew Smith, who spent some time for, with Brooklyn. There is RJ Hampton, who spent time everywhere and has struggled everywhere. But he's another option as well. Permanent monsters, it is the two backup centers that I'm really looking at, Tom Bryant and Orlando Robinson. So if Bam does go down, whichever one of those guys starts would be the guy that you would add and the guy that you would use in fantasy. But again, I think there are significant problems with Bryant as a real-life player. In terms of their depth chart, I think they're going to start Hero and Richardson. And then the backing up at the guard spot is Lowry, Hampton, and Smith. That's what I mean. Like It is dire in terms of guard depth. It is bad. The wings, I don't think any of those guys really classify as wings in terms of the starters. Duncan Robinson probably is that. I think Huckers is that. Jamal Kane and Justin Champagne. That's also pretty dire. Like your wings are Robinson and Huckers. It's it, it's rough, man. It's The roster needs a lot of work still, and I don't know how you get it done. Huckers would be... Look, anyone who gets starters minutes, not that Huckers is going to, but if he did, you'd always have to look at them, but he doesn't translate as a fantastic permanent guy. Robinson is the guy that's going to hit tons of threes, I guess. I guess he could start. Maybe he starts over Richardson. I doubt it, but maybe he does. Um, but he still is only a real specialist and definitely not a points league guy. In terms of the forwards, I think it will be Butler and Martin that start. Martin, I guess you could take him with your last pick, but I don't actually see much upside for him to beat that. But 
he is going to have to play. The problem is that they do have depth in the front court. Is that they could go to Highsmith. They can play. They might even start Kevin Love and play him 19, 20 minutes. I thought I think he's pretty cooked in terms of a player. And I definitely wouldn't want him in a 12-team league. And then Butler, who, again, is really solid enough second-round player, I think will have to up his assist rate this season. You just have to have some worries about the health. He was pretty healthy last season. He also relies heavily on a very high steal rate, which for him is good. But like I detailed, if you haven't seen it, go talk, watch me talk about the Raptors show, about how steals can, they're so low volume that in a week, you have to be unbelievably strong at them to feel very good about winning that category each week. And when you rely upon a player's value based on that, you better get a lot of those guys who rely upon that to really make sure that it's not going to waste. Um, the big Sabam Adebayo, then behind him, it's Love, it's Jovic, it's Orlando Robinson, and it is Tom Bryant, the tank, coming in uh, as the backup centers. In terms of the Durant and Bazemore rankings, Durant actually downgrades both Robinson and Butler relatively significantly. Everyone else stays relatively the same. And then for Bazemore, Hero is inside the top 60 there. I think there's a chance he even beats the top 60 this season. And Jovic is inside the top 160 and Orlando Robinson inside the top 200. Huckers is quite a bit down. I, again, I don't really rate him. He's already quite old in terms of prospects. And the lack of shooting is... I just think he might be one of those guys who's scrappy, but not good from putting out a, uh, a bunch of fantasy numbers. For some reason, that team preview just didn't take very long at all because they're such a weird team they're in a situation where there's three fantasy guys and that's really it. No real big things that need to change and so much uncertainty still about how the roster looks because there's holes everywhere. Backup point guard. You could even say starting shooting guard. Power forward. It's a good thing they've got the best coach in the NBA and Jimmy Butler is really, really good. Like Otherwise, they'd be in strife. I am very excited to see what happens and how Hero responds to all this offseason drama. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a weird team, man. And maybe something big happens for them in the next couple of days. Follow this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. And if you are on YouTube, you thumb it up and you leave those comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.